to The Game Agenda, a podcast where four gay guys bring board gaming out of the closet and onto the table. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Tasty Minstrel Games' newest release, Chimera Station, and then discuss what we look for when deciding to back a game on Kickstarter. Uh, why don't we start by just introducing ourselves? My name's Larry. I'm Ben. I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. So, uh, Matt, what, what games have you been playing recently? So, well, uh, Larry and I actually just got back from a big gaming retreat. So we went up to Lake Arrowhead and played a bunch of games. Uh, I was really excited to play Through the Ages, uh, the new one. Mm. Uh, super fun. Super uh, long. Super yeah. long, yeah. How long was the gameplay? Uh, so how, long, how long did you think it was, Matt? Okay, so I thought it was... I actually had no idea how long it was. I assumed it was maybe like three or four hours. How long did everyone tell you it was going to be? Um, <laughs> no, no one said exactly how long it was going to be. Everyone just kept joking like, Oh, haha, you'll be up till like three in the morning. See you uh -huh. in the morning. When, we're, when you're like still awake and I thought everyone was joking and it was the people who weren't playing in the game who kept <laughs> joking about it and yeah. so I thought they were just like making fun of it because it's a longer heavier game because right? it be better so but none of the people who were actually playing indicated to me that it really was going to take nine hours to yeah. play yeah. Uh, and of course the people who are playing we were all very AP so mm -hmm. uh, yeah we were up there till four in the morning wow. playing our game when so you um, started at what time? We started at 7 p.m. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> at one point, four Larry, players. Larry wasn't playing. It was a four-player game. Wow. Larry wasn't playing, but he uh, had to go to bed, and we were actually, our play table was um, directly next to his bed, so <laughs> he was oh. sitting there like six inches away from our table trying to sleep while we played. Just staring, watching. Was it really move. that hard to fall asleep next to a bunch of people playing through the ages? <laughs> yeah. I feel like if anything could make me go to sleep would be like being... Not playing the game, but sitting and watching people think about their moves in the game. Yeah, yeah. I think I was sound asleep snoring within maybe about <laughs> 20, 15 true. minutes. Yeah, he was, he was softly snoring. So we, softly. Took that, we took that as a sign that, that we were not too loud. Uh, but I loved the game. It just presented so many interesting choices. It felt yeah. also really thematic, too. Uh, building out your civilization through the different ages. I'm a huge fan of the Civilization video game series, and it felt a lot like that. Now, have you played the app? Uh, I have not played the app, but we did use the app as the tutorial to learn. Was yeah. it? Would, do you find that that app was helpful to learn uh, yes, the game? Yes, by far. It seemed like yeah. the best way to learn how to play is to do the tutorial on the app. Granted, yeah. the tutorial on the app took maybe like 30 minutes. It's, oh, it's a long <laughs> tutorial, but I mean, but it was worth one. it. Yeah. It taught all the, all the essentials. The app, uh, by the way, is a really good airplane game. It's like a, if you're going like on a... On like a seven like a, or eight hour plane ride. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you going overseas. <laughs> if you're like circumnavigating the world, um, no. If you're going to, if you're doing like a, a like a mid range flight, like a two or three hour flight, the app is really effective in making that time go. I've, I've gotten on several flights recently, and that app has been a really like it's been a nice lifesaver, and it's also good because. Um, you can have your AP, your analysis paralysis, but it's like no one's going to judge you for it except for the robots in your phone, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. So what have you been playing, Ben? Well, actually, before I jump into what I've been playing, I have questions for you about uh, Through the Ages. Okay, yes, go. Um, did you, do you feel on just like first blush, do you feel like it deserves its ranking at like super high on the board yes. game week? Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I played Nations before, and it's sort of similar to Nations. <laughs> yeah, but I think compared to Nations, it was better in every way. It felt very wow. thematic. It felt like there was a lot of 
varied and interesting choices for how to play the game. Uh, the drafting was very tense because there's different cards you want to try to get. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different elements to focus on. I thought that the player interaction through the wars and attacking was a lot more reasonable than in Nations, and it mm -hmm. made a lot more sense than mm -hmm. in Nations. So something that matters to me a lot is immersion, and even though it's a big, heavy, like weighty yeah. game, and it's all done through cards, it felt very immersive. Things made sense. So it, I, if I declare a war on you, right, it's against one person and they have time to prepare for the war. We all do like a full go around. Then yeah. it comes back and whoever beats the other person by how much you beat them determines the effects of the war. Right. Uh, I thought that was really thematic. I thought the science, like researching and gaining culture, all of it yeah. made sense. And I thought there were a variety of strategies. Yeah. So then is this the one that's probably closest to the video game series? This board no. game or no? Uh, I mean, I felt like it had well, it captured the feel of the video game well, series. Well, you know, there are board there, games called, there's yeah, some there's that are just making, making a new edition. That, yeah. There's a new one that just came out like yeah. two weeks ago, which I really intrigued by, I kind of want to get, mm -hmm. called Civilization New Dawn, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but there is, but there, the Sid Meier Civilization, and there are actually several versions of Sid Meier Civilization, the board game version of the video game. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of debate amongst that I've read before in the past, while I've been just like wasting time in life. Um, it's about never a waste of time to read about <laughs> board games. <laughs> yes, I've read a lot of like comparisons about board games, etc. You know, because basically this, the Through the Ages that you played, Matt, mm -hmm. is actually kind of like a revamp. And uh, like some of the stuff has been streamlined and tweaked, and people say that that sort of like really like breathed new life into it because yeah. prior to that, nations people had really felt like nations had come along and kind of like streamlined a lot of good things about through the ages. Oh, really? <laughs> and um, I go back and forth because I think that like definitely through the ages is more thematic, but I think ultimately it still doesn't. I don't feel like through the ages is that thematic. But Nations is really streamlined in a way that I really like. What I like about Nations is that there's a dice game. That makes oh, it yeah. even more streamlined. There is a through, there's a roll, roll through the ages. Oh, oh really? I yeah. tried that. It's supposed to be bad. Is it? Oh, well, From what I've heard. Then that's probably why. But the Nations dice game, I think, is actually better than the Nations. Oh, you played it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like through the ages was better in every way than Nations yeah. was. This makes me sad because now I feel like you're not going to play Nations with me. <laughs> <laughs> you can play through the ages with me instead. I could, well, I... I I really really enjoyed uh, Nations and, and like I said it's, it's I enjoyed Through the Ages too I just felt like I actually felt like there were actually two very different experiences even though yeah, Nations is actually the built. Nations is the non thematic ugly version and Through the <laughs> Ages is the thematic pretty version that's a throw <laughs> do you feel about that Matt I actually do enjoy Nations too it just through the ages, you just been. It just replaced it for me. I just, I, you, you just like pushing cubes around. That's that's all that. that you do it in both games. <laughs> I feel like Matt just like you know like got like a new haircut or something, and like the hot guy in school is now paying attention to him, and like the what like the <laughs> ducky that has been there all by his side all along. Aww. He's now looked the other. He's like looking past ducky, not interested in ducky. To mix all my metaphors together. Poor nations. Poor nations. <laughs> just always the bridesmaid. I don't know, I, I like it, but I, I think they're both really great games, to be honest. So how about you, Ben? What are you even playing? Um, well, you know what? Nothing terribly exciting, but fun nonetheless. Um, I, I got a play-in of Castles of Burgundy, which is... Mm. A, talk about classics. I mean, this is also another top ten... I have yet to play that game. No! You no, have you never, never played it? I have never played Castles of Burgundy. 
You really never. should. I have That's a copy great. of it. I think we need to set up a castle night. But you know. I have, I have it's great. It. It's really great. The only reason why it doesn't excite me as much anymore is because I played it a lot. You know, um, because it's but, hideous. <gasps> you know that is a problem. <laughs> it really, it really needs a like. A I don't know why you need to make over. Decided that the color it. scheme of their the different there's oh, different yes. tiles all of different colors. Who decided that, that the appropriate colors were like. Green, dark green, lime green, beige, tan, and brown, and white. Yeah, like, it's just like a disaster. There's one blue. There's blue for oh, the water. That is the Ben effect. Ben loves sometimes the ugliest games that have great stuff going on. They just don't know their colors. You know, see, because I'm, I'm not we'll drawn to like a Hawkeye school. I, I like You see the beauty within. I see the beauty within. I look inside, at least when it comes to board games. But... Um, <laughs> No, but it was just, it was fun. It was a fun thing, and like, definitely you should play it, Larry. Because there's dice involved, right? Uh, there are dice, dice. your yeah. actions, but then you can use workers to modify your dice values. It's a very elegant game, actually. I, I like it's it very a lot. Clean, very simple, really fun, amazing. Uh, it's a, it's a, one of those amazing games where anytime you don't do something, you're really giving up an opportunity to do something important. So it's like, you're just like, all oh, the choices, and then the dice, and it's a classic. But I also got to play another classic. Um, I played Bonanza. I played two oh. back-to-back games of Bonanza, um, which I think I, I guess we've all played that. Huh? Yeah, I haven't I played Bonanza. that in like over ten years. It's no, been, wow, I'm like really? a long time since I played. I love that game. It's just it's it fun. It's cute. It works. Yeah, I was I was um, I was at someone's house. Plays, like, Have you played any of the expansions? I haven't played any of the expansions. What um, do they add? Just new types of beans, I think. Oh, oh new types of beans. I, so I, I was with some people, it was like a mixed group, like some people wanted to play it. It was like 9 p.m. and they're like, how about we play some Twilight Imperium? And someone else was like, why don't we play Code Names? I was like, okay, so I think we have a mixed bag of gamers here. And so I was like, what about Bonanza? And you know what, that game is really fun. It's just really, really fun. You know, I actually feel like in terms of like negotiation games, I would say Bonanza, Bonanza really kills it. It's just so you're so saying if you easy. like Twilight Imperium, you'll you probably like also love Bonanza. Yes. Never <laughs> before have those two games come up in conversation. Well, my my friend John was like, he really wanted to play Rail- Railways of the World, actually. Oh, I just was that, that, well, that game's amazing. But I just, it was like nine o'clock. And I Here we go. It always comes back to train games you, with Ben. You, look, I was the one who said I was not into playing Railways of the World. I don't night. know who you are anymore, Ben. <laughs> you know that whenever you play Bonanza or any kind of like negotiation game, there's always that one person who you can always go to to kind of like get anything you you yeah. can propose anything and they'll accept it who was that in your group um really no this was a tight this was the, these people it was like the knives came if out you can't identify who it, it was, was it probably means it was, it was you i don't know i won the first <laughs> game and then i was in the tiebreak for the winner of the second game so i don't know maybe i gave it out but i took it in but um i, I heard you're good at that what i heard you're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um uh anyway beans um so but what was funny was uh, one guy, he, he was like, again, about beans? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know. And but then they're cute beans. They're like little like early characters. I was like, you know, at the end of the day, like pretty much all these board games are about something ridiculous. And, um, you know, who cares if they're beans? Because it gets, it gets so cutthroat, but in a really fun way. And, you know, when you have a good group and the negotiations are like funny negotiations, not like hostile like two serious negotiations. It just yeah. was great. I was like, you know, there is value in revisiting some of these fun, fun games from the past. So it's nice, nice reminder of, of games that sometimes get overlooked a little bit these days. Well, nice, nice. 
Let's um, let's turn to some new business, shall we? Yes, Larry. Let's do that. Let's talk about uh, Chimera Station. Ooh, Chimera Station. So, uh, Chimera Station was published by Tasty Minstrel Games. They recently, I guess not that recently, maybe a year ago, did a Kickstarter for it, and mm -hmm. it uh, has recently finally delivered. It was uh, designed by Mark Major, which I believe you actually know, Matt, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a designer friend in LA. Oh, very oh. cool. Matt's a designer, everyone, in case people <laughs> listening for the first time don't know. Um, Chimera Station is basically a uh, worker placement game. You're kind of in a space station, the Chimera Station, uh, using your your alien people to expand and build out the station. For me, what or what was interesting about this game is is that it, it varies from normal worker placement games because rather than a worker that always kind of does the same thing, you can splice them to give them different abilities to augment their powers when they do things. So for example, one worker, if they go on a space, takes extra resources than they might ordinary, ordinarily get. Another worker, if you splice them with claws, they would be able to knock people off spaces, which gives you benefit, mm -hmm. obviously, in worker placement games. The game itself um, uh, plays about two to four players, and I'd say our play took about maybe two hours to kind of go yeah. all the way through. Yeah, four players, yeah. Four players, yeah. Um, so what did everybody think of the game? What did you guys think, um, let's just start with maybe art. What did you guys think about the art and the kind of graphic design? It's cute. <laughs> I thought it the is art cute. was cute. Uh, it's got sort of this charming little like cute aliens. Uh, it's not, cartoony. I would say it's very cartoony. It's not, I think the art is not the highest quality on the actual characters. Uh, but I liked the cartoony feel. It felt right for the game. I would have to agree with Matt on that. This is Kevin saying um, it's kind of goofy, but not necessarily as stylized as some games I've seen which have been 100% successful. It's playful, fun, but just for me, I would say a tiny bit amateurish. So like Kevin, like the, yeah. the cover art is very cartoony and right. the character cards were cartoony, but what about like the, the tiles, the tiles themselves? So the tiles, what's interesting about the tiles is there are all these different locations and from a graphic design point of view, I would say they could have been maybe a little bit more successful. There's a lot on them and each one is a separate room. And so there's all this like kind of set up as to where you could be going, but you don't get involved in it, I think, to the degree that you could if maybe the design was a little stronger. What do yeah. you think, Ben? I mean, I, um, I, I agree with a lot of things you're saying. I think the, the, the artwork is cartoony, but not to any sort of detriment. I think it looks good. It's like, it's like a, it's a well-done, clean, cartoony look. I, I, so I appreciate that. But in terms of the tiles, um, you know, my first thought is is uh, of Suburbia, the, the board game. Talk mm -hmm. about classic board games or modern recent classics, uh, which is a, a city building game where you're putting down hexagon tiles and each tile is like an airport or an office building or like a trailer park or something like that. And the art is not great on, on that game. On Suburbia? On Suburbia. That's terrible. Well, the color scheme I hate. But, but, but I think about that with this game because we were putting down these different rooms and it's, and again, they're hexagons and they're all supposed to sort of like interact in a certain way. And I find that unlike with Suburbia, these rooms just go down and they don't really, um, they, there's not a lot of storytelling that emerges out of that, which is jumping the gun with the theme a little bit. But the reason why I'm mentioning it now is because I think the artwork somehow you look at it and sure it's totally proficient and good, but it does not draw you in. It's no. forgettable. It doesn't draw you in. It I doesn't agree draw with you in. It's kind of just like okay, I'm looking. This is a dispensary. 
But is it, I look at it. Well, A, I just have no desire to look at it because I glance at it. It's kind of just, eh. Is and it, I look at it, I'm like, okay, it's all right. Is it a product, though, of the art being kind of subpar for the tiles? Or is it a product of kind of a graphic design issue for the tiles like Kevin was mentioning? Uh, I mean, I think the graphic design on this game is all right. Uh, it, there's, there's some clear icons. Uh, there are a lot of different icons, though. Uh, and not all of them are clear, and there's some confusing right. differences between the types of pieces. Because part of the elements is, you know, you've got these body parts that you're putting onto your characters, and some of the graphic design is confusing between whether the body part is on your character or in your supply and how you're using it. Uh, so I thought there was an issue there. Well, it's even even more than that. And I think, Ben, you had this issue when we were playing, is, is that some of the icons, everybody's got a, a player color. Mm -hmm. And the color is the same color as one of the pieces in the game that you can splice on and mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And so when they say, for example, if you have a yellow piece, which mm -hmm. is the tentacles, it would have a little picture of a dude with yellow pieces. But mm -hmm. you thought that referred to you yeah. as a player exactly. as opposed to just having the yellow pieces. So it created some confusion for you early on. Yeah, exactly. And there was some confusion with the way they refer to tiles as uh, some of the iconography of the tiles look like like red hexes that's how they're referred to but like red hexes themselves mm -hmm. are like the command tiles which are different than just like any red hex um and just looking at it now you know we've pulled out some of these hexagons the art is the art is is fine it's good yeah. the art is good it's just it's small that's small i have to agree with mm -hmm. ben on that it's that's the problem when i say graphic design where i don't think in that case with the tiles the art is bad um, but it just feels like it's so small that the barrier to get involved and, and interested in it is too high yeah. for me to like, I mean, they're using space at the bottom of the tile to tell you some stuff, but that just makes that image of the actual room so small. Yeah. So, so I think it's because the scale is so, the scale is such a tiny the scale. scale is tiny. I think that's the issue. How much did that graphic design issue interfere with your enjoyment of the game? For me, it didn't interfere with an enjoyment of the gameplay, but ultimately when we talk later, I think about theme, I'm gonna see that that's gonna be a major player as to yeah. why I didn't go all, all missed opportunity. In. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, yeah. Missed opportunity because I like the idea of being in a space station that you're building. I think mm -hmm. that's interesting to me, but not really feeling the different feels of the rooms other than the one-time use of a power or what the power needed to do for that. It didn't yeah. excite me in a way that, that made me um, feel like I was in the station running through the different you know, yeah. hallways. Well, we've, yeah. talk, we've talked a bit about the tiles and they're good quality tiles, I feel. I, I mm -hmm. get the art issue. I mean, they're a nice mm -hmm. cardboard. Yeah. But for me, what I really liked about this game and what really drew me in was the actual um, workers yes. and, yeah. and the, the components with splicing the pieces together and yeah. apart. You know, it's this really cute, like, um, they're not quite Legos, but they all pop together. There's like a yeah. head that pops mm -hmm. onto some body pieces that pop onto some legs. It's like good tactile feeling yeah. when they snap on and they pull them off. It's like, for yeah. me, it was really cool seeing the game uh, the first time, the real retail version of the game, because I played this game maybe two years ago as when Mark was designing it, uh, and he had these little, like, plastic sort of cube blocks that you use in like a math class. Uh, and I, I remember wondering how they were going to pull off 
this concept in the final game. So to see how they pulled it off is really great. You know, the characters interlock sort of like stacking Legos and they pop they pop in and out with this satisfying like they, poppy sound and like, uh, that's just so good. And they yeah. like, they work perfectly and you can rotate the different things so you can make your tentacles point in different directions. Yeah. I like to get into it. Uh, I thought that was yes. really cute. But one thing to get back to what you were saying before, Larry, about um, how we all have a player color that also matches one of the component pieces, that as these, these, these things start to grow and get big, it gets really hard to remember which pieces are yours because like let's say i'm the i was the yellow guy the i have the yellow guy so i've got you got like little yellow feet and a, little, and a yellow head but then you got like a purple piece and a red piece and then i have one guy that had three things and so like i have a green in there and then all of a sudden you just sort of see a board full of all these like totem poles of colors and you're like wait which one's mine again i don't even remember you know i totally agree with ben i have never in my life had such a hard time recovering my pieces at the end of a round yes as in this like i literally every time had to stop and stare at the board for like a minute to be like which pieces are mine yeah but, i mean the fun part of the game is mixing and matching of the pieces yeah it didn't bother me but yeah, i didn't have an I, issue either i but i'm i'm kind of more on with ben where like there were a couple times that it was enough that like why not just make these other pieces another different color that isn't yeah, one of the player like piece colors. Since yeah, this is only a four-player game, I you only have four like, major colors to play with, and then you could play with other variations. I like the I like the way they chose to do the coloring. I know it is a little bit confusing, like a uniform. but also the way the coloring works is each of the four different species, each of the four characters, they have a different focus, and their focus is the color that, that is their right. color. Yeah. So, I mean, so thematically, you're splicing in... Yeah, I'm the brain character, so I start with a brain on one of mine, yeah. and yeah. then, you know, it sort of leads me to be like, oh, I want to get more brains, which is good, because my character abilities relate to yeah. having brains. But so that, that was also, to, to Matt's point, but that, that, for me, also was my problem with it, where I kept getting seduced into the color of my initial set, which we randomly chose, as opposed to really looking at all the options. Yeah. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want you to stay in that lane when you have that character. But I felt a little more constricted, not through any means other than just the color sets you up like that. And you start with a piece right? Mm -hmm. you know, from it. I will say I felt the price point for this game was, was high. Mm. And I don't know if it's a product of these pieces, these kind of custom Larry, molded plastic yes. pieces are expensive. Custom plastic molds are expensive. Ooh, that was lovely. I can tell you that. Yes. <laughs> well, when it's a cool little piece like this, I will say about the it. The one thing mm. I would also <laughs> say, I thought, I thought the component quality overall was pretty good. It, it's yes. pretty much what you'd expect. I, do, I will say that one thing to be careful when you're playing this game, when you're snapping your pieces together, you, ha you want, because you store your pieces on your character board, you want to just put the pieces down and push the heads on top to pop it in place. Don't do that on your player boards or you will dent them yeah. because of the, the pieces will cut into the board. So yeah. be careful when you're put, popping your pieces together, pick them up to do that or do it on the table. It's such a nice part of the game, take care of these pieces. Mm -hmm. I think it, yeah. it is by far the highlight of the game. I think it's really right. nice and feels very deluxe because of that. Speaking of deluxe, this is the you, the, the version we played, Larry, was the deluxe version, right? Yes, although I don't necessarily yeah. know that you would and know. What are the where was, yeah, where were the deluxe parts? Um, deluxified is oh. the proper term, just as packaging so, says. Yeah. Okay. So um, it basically came with, as opposed to a cardboard punch out for the food tokens, uh, they were wooden, kind of meeply pieces burgers. of burgers. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of the, like the time tracker was wooden and some of the. Um, player counter score counters were were wood um 
Unlike other games that have kind of been deluxified by TMG, I don't know that the deluxe version of this game added all that much for me. I yeah. mean, the, the wooden um, food markers were nice, but the cardboard ones I felt were just as uh, yeah. just as good quality. Because the they were plenty thick to be able to grab. Plenty thick. You know? yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm entranced by wooden pieces. I always think they do make something nicer, except in this case, Larry, when you pointed out that they were the cardboard was pretty thick, I was like, yeah, it is... It's hard to say mm -hmm. that you needed these wooden yeah. pieces. I do love stacking wooden pieces, though. It is How like, much more is the deluxe version, or was the deluxe version? I don't recall at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it was nice. I liked having. I love it having was nice, pieces. But I, but I agree. Pieces, it didn't. Yeah. I didn't like. There's certain times, like uh, I like the deluxified version of Orléans, also by also <gasps> Ooh, by I love that. But I think an even version. better version of the deluxified uh, thing, also from TMG, uh, is Yokohama. Oh yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that. With Yokohama, there's so much going on that mm -hmm. if you don't have a deluxified, every little building you put out is like a flat. So it's like all these 2D things oh, stacking yeah. up. So it's like nice to have three-dimensional buildings and because the idea of that game is that you're building up the port city of Yokohama as these buildings go down, it mm -hmm. looks like it's getting more populated so it actually like adds an element to the game. So I both, agree. both of those, both uh, uh, Orléans and Yokohama, the deluxe version, I think adds something visually and tactily to the game. Yeah. I don't know that that happened here with, this, with the Khmer station. Yeah, especially because the player pieces are already like so super tactile. They're like mm -hmm. kind of like tactile kings. Yeah. The best the best part, the best pieces in the game are the little alien pieces and they already come with the main game. Yeah, it's already well, like inherently deluxe. I will say this, I don't know if it's just on the deluxified box or not, but there's this really gorgeous green. What do they call it's it? Spot varnish on it. Yeah, really gorgeous. I'm sure that was like a Kickstarter that stretch only, goal or that something. Is only from the deluxe version. <laughs> I mean, I'm always entranced <laughs> so by green as it is, but this is gorgeous. So the good news is if this box decides to go right out on the bike, it won't get hit by Well, we talked about graphic design on the pieces, but when I go to the box, while the artwork again is a little simplified and it does its its purpose, this little spot varnish is lovely, and I really actually enjoy the logo. For I this think game. the logo is. I love it. Someone shake yeah. shiny keys in front of Kevin. Let's shiny. Okay. It is, but like the logo is really clean and big yes. and strong. To me, it looks like a and uh, adds just a little bit of the element looks, of the game that I love it. But the logo doesn't add anything to gameplay. I mean, but we're giving it's props nice, to whoever designed. I'm just yeah. Whoever you did you know, that logo. Well, she looks like it reminds me of like a book I read in fourth. Grade, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, there's only it. so much picking apart of the art and graphic design. No, we're we supporting, we're so supporting the, the logo. The, the, the logo is very clean and simple, but was learning the game as simple as the as the logo? I mean, what did you think, Kevin? Oof, um, it's not super complex, but yet I feel like the game can get confusing easily because of a few moving parts that don't. Yeah. Aren't clean and clear. So did you ever feel like you didn't understand what you were supposed to be doing every turn or what you could I do? I totally understood because, you know, it's not so complex with what happens in a round. I think the challenge is, and I'm sure Matt can speak to this in a big way, is that analysis paralysis where you're <laughs> always sure there's another move you should be making that will get you so many more points. This is a points game, but it is a points game that swings crazy. This yeah. is not a tight race. This is whoever sat there and spent the next six hours figuring out like the best possible move. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a little mind numbing uh, on a game like this that doesn't feel like it should warrant that much thought. Mm -hmm. Like the fun kind of cartoony pieces and the kind of, you're in a station running around and you're building the station. Yeah. Feels more, not entry level per se, but more mid Euro and yet 
the way that you can form a chain of events to get points feels way more complex than what this game is is promising with this really lovely logo. Yeah, and and there um, in terms of the gameplay, I mean, I think obviously the signature thing is that you essentially have fancy meeples that are customizable, right? When, and I think we've started to see that in some games, this idea of like worker placement where you're not, it's not just even worker placement, you are like how you use your workers or what your mm -hmm. workers are will affect things. We, yep. we see it to some degree in uh, the Tuscany expansion for mm -hmm. viticulture with yeah. the special yep. workers. Uh, ben, railroad, I was exactly railroad that. Revolution. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have played that, you know, as the resident railroad uh, <laughs> car, air, cars, planes, and whatever uh, person. Um, railroad Revolution is the sort of game where if you play, if you play a blue meeple, you'll get this sort of bonus with that effect. And if you play an orange one, you get this sort of effect, which is a really fun thing. And so this is Manhattan doing that. Manhattan Project, too. But right? yes, Manhattan Project is a great mm -hmm. example. Raiders of the North Sea, I think, does the same. Stuff. Okay, yeah. It's like really cool ways of like, it's not just where you're going, but who you're sending there. Yep. So that's, that's probably like the coolest part about this game. But one thing that I felt about it was as I added body parts to these guys, I didn't feel like I was building up some sort of like... Um, meeple engine in the sense of like oh my meeples are becoming more powerful now um now like i'm becoming so much more efficient because i'm doing three things with one instead of like instead of just my one basic action i just sort of felt like i would get like very light bonuses which were like cool but it wasn't it didn't power me through to anything i don't know when matt matt would take a turn and he would score like 50 points <laughs> and then i would take a turn and i'd score two and i swear we did the exact same thing but it, it just for whatever reason the way that he had stuff set up. So I, I like the gameplay in this game a lot. I, I think it's it's fun to splice on different body parts. They, they don't dramatically change your abilities. Yeah. They, they add different things, but I think the way that you use your workers, you can use them smartly depending on what type of pieces they have. Yeah. Uh, so like extra tentacles can let you get extra parts, which can grow more people. Uh, right. The claws, you can displace people, which is really powerful. Brains, you can get lots of points with. So I think that there are good ways to use the workers when you splice them together. Uh, I think there is also, the, to me, the big flaw in the game is what Larry was saying, and that's that there is a dramatic difference in point values from different actions. Mm -hmm. uh, and when the game begins, there's only like maybe like 10 action spaces to go to, but you build new action spaces as you're expanding the station, right. and you build a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but not only do you build a lot of them, but of the ones that you build, only some of them are really particularly that great. Yeah. A lot of times when you're building, you're doing it more just to get points and to get the bonuses on the board, because you get a bonus when you build an location yeah. a lot of times you're doing it more for that than you are for the actual location mm -hmm. whereas the other times there's a couple locations then that score you a whole bunch of points and so because when you build you also get to move and do that action this game is the type of game where one person go on their turn and and they go they go somewhere that seems like a good place they're like oh i want to get points where should i go let me go on this action space that scores me points for my research right. or something and then the other player the next player goes and they go and build a new building that activates a location that lets them advance their research which unlocks a new card and then right. lets them it's like Combo so there's right all there. sorts of comboing like that where and it's not just like oh i you know because i comboed i score some extra points it, it can literally be something like 
two, three, or four times as many points uh, from one action versus another, which yeah. I think is really harsh because new players who don't know the game as well mm -hmm. are going to get like destroyed. I was almost experience. I was almost laughed when I played it because you guys had played it once before me. And to to Matt's point, I feel like there's a lot of red herrings in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, there's only six rounds, and they mm -hmm. go fast. You know, a round is until you everybody places their their figures, and in the first round, you know, you may have two or three figures only. So you know, people go through it pretty quick. Um, so you, it, there's a panic effect to this too of yeah. how fast you have to go. There are many spaces on this game that in the couple times I've played it, I've never used. Right. I never even thought about and using because they feel like the worst choice. Like mm -hmm. it's a disappointment if you have to go to just get food or just get money or whatever right. you're doing. And so there is this sense of like failure yeah. if you don't get like mm -hmm. these massive mm -hmm. points. And also the fact that there's a bunch of empty spaces that just go unused. Yeah. And the first time playing, you're not gonna know that. And then you go to this spot and you've wasted your turn and yeah. it feels it feels like a red well, herring. That actually, uh, Kevin, brings up a point that for me was was uh, sort of an issue uh, in the game for me, which is gets back to what we we're talking about with the tiles and the art. Um, just to just to 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 set this up, this point that I'm making, with with the tiles that we've been talking about, with the art, etc. The, the, the pretty much the top half of the tile is is artwork and maybe a few little icons showing how much something costs or whatever. And the bottom half, it's white and it will say what the power is of this tile. When it, when you go to this action or when you place it, what, what you will get essentially. And these tiles, they sit out in a row, suburbia style, and when you want to place one out on the board, you pluck one from the row and you just put it out there. And basically, when you're putting these tiles out, you're not thinking about how to build the space station. You're thinking about what power do I need right now because I've got three guys. Mm -hmm. And so you spend all your time looking at the white part of the tile, looking at what does this tile do for me. You're not looking at this tile and you're not looking at it and saying, oh look, it's a quantum constructor. Oh look, it's a vineyard. You're saying you're looking at it and saying, oh, a hamburger for an adjacent thing. Oh, uh, pay two things, two bucks to get this, mm -hmm. or whatever. And you put it down and so and it goes on the board and then it may never even get used ever again after that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to suburbia, where you, sure, the tiles have things to do on suburbia, but you are really looking, you're saying, hmm, an office building, and that activates all my other office buildings. Oh, and I got this. And they're, they're much more categorized and lumped together to, to, to kind of create a, a whole unifying theme. Mm -hmm. Whereas these tiles are just kind of a random hodgepodge of just random abilities that, that right. the designer thought of. And I think because of that, it, it this game must have been an awful game to try and test for balance. balance yeah. And I don't oh. think the game is balanced. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, it's I, think, hard. I think some tiles are clearly way better than others. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I even think in terms of the the character powers, yes. they're not balanced. I think like the plant guy who gets you know free food, who never has to worry about it and can then spend the food as, as coins, is really, really overpowered as compared to some of the other characters. I don't, I don't know if I feel that. I, I, I think I sort of had that impression. I, I don't actually, I didn't, I didn't play the plant in either of the games that I played, but uh, I believe I won both of them. Oh, oh. Yeah, but that's because you, you win everything we play, Matt. That's true. Um, there is a point where I do give up when somebody's spending a lot of time to figure out the maximum way of getting points. And so that's my problem ultimately with the gameplay yeah. mm -hmm. is I don't have the patience or I'm not going to forgive the game for being as unbalanced it is, as it is. It's not, it's not interesting to me once it feels like 
it's whatever happens. Yeah. It's work you at that know, point. It's, it's too much work, work yes. and whoever's turn happens to hit right at the right moment. You know, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's what matters a lot more. Is interesting. I think that's what matters a lot more is that, that I feel like the decisions, there is like a best move every turn, the move that scores you the most points. Yeah. But the most points that you're going to get is dependent upon like which buildings came out and that is sort of at random. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that yeah. that's a downside to it is that these big point bursts, they're not from some kind of, I mean, you, you have to do the clever gameplay, yeah, but sure. it's sort of like, did it come out on your turn, this new building that could give you an option to do the thing? Mm -hmm. Or did somebody build somewhere else that now opens up this bonus that's available? Right. Uh, it's sort of like you're just grabbing all these things mm -hmm. uh, and it's not particularly interesting. And I think when you touched on that before with the, the different tiles and how in suburbia, everything really matters. You feel like, oh, how do I build my city? Well, I need where to put, do I want my, my, my industry really needs important. to go here because if I put my houses next to industry, then it's going to cause problems. And yeah, my businesses want to have a lot of you know, commercial. Whereas in this game, there are some tiles that are like, oh, this is for adjacent tiles. You get this or that. But uh, that is such a minor part of it. That you, when you're building, all you care about with placement is what bonus you get when you're placing the tile. Exactly. Uh, it's very because it's like functory. It's like it's it's just yeah. it's like you're just placing. So it doesn't feel and, cohesive. And to get also to what you're saying, there were a few times, several times in the game where the tiles to build were really not interesting. It was like get a burger, and on top of that, there are also these cards. I forget what they're called, but they give you special powers. And those would be kind of mm -hmm. crappy, and you know, and there were times I was like, well, I could just put this tile out, or I could get that thing. Neither is really that interesting. I don't know. I guess I'll do something. That was another piece too. Is I felt like the tiles aren't sorted by phases. Like there's yeah. not an early game tiles, mm -hmm. mid game tiles, yeah, late game that tiles. Yeah, helped so much. And, and there definitely are tiles. Should have been. Yeah, because there's tiles that like give you three food. Well, you get that as kind of like in the last round. No one cares yeah, about that yeah. space. Suburbia phases them out. I think she it would have right. been much better if it had been phased out. Well, as the three of you are discussing, it makes me think of one of my problems in a way with the game is because there's no phases, you don't know when it's going to come out. So it's kind of crazy luck based, whatever your turn is. But I guess Devil's Advocate, if there are phases, it even becomes more like probably like an Orleans where whatever the strategy is, it's the same every time. Like I feel like this game very quickly is, you know what makes the most points. When that comes up, mm -hmm. everybody who's played it enough knows that that's exactly what you do. And then it becomes a little rote. So you math out. Basically you're saying you can math it, it out. I feels it, like maybe. I, been, I mean, you I could have that same If that's your problem, part. then. If that's your problem, then the problem is in the design of the tiles, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I, because I agree. Perfect. I think it gets worse yeah. if you had them out. I thought the phases, tiles could have been much more creative. Uh, you know, the, the, most of them are basically, you know, get food get a body part, get coins, or get points, or yeah. some combination I keep of on thinking. I keep on thinking about, I, I know I'm like a broken record here talking about suburbia, because suburbia, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm just, I'm like obsessed with suburbia in my I mind right now. I get the right comparison now. though. But, but honestly, suburbia, the tiles are more or less kind of similar things. It's always like gain a population or gain, or gain some income for everything like this, but your thing goes up and down. It's like, it's, same similar things like this it's like you're dealing with just a few parameters but again it's just somehow like and they're phased out so and and it, it's it never becomes an issue of like oh it's always gonna be the same thing even though the general mm -hmm. strategy for suburbia is the same which is like get your income up first and then when that's up work on your population right. every single time but the way those tiles come out 
affects it. And here it's just, well, I think the reason it matters so much in suburbia is because the tiles are highly reliant upon their position. Mm -hmm. And so building your city, it really matters where you build what and in what order. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Chimera Station, it doesn't really matter. Like what the tiles do is rarely related to when they got placed or where they got placed. I mean, that sounds like there's, and my, my personal opinion is, is there's a strong disconnect even between kind of theme with this game. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether or not the theme was kind of added on later to the design or whether it was kind of part and parcel, but I never really felt like um, a strong connection to building, jointly building a space station. It was very much mm -hmm. a, I'm placing the tile here because it does X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I really don't care what the flavor mm -hmm. text is. I really don't care what the flavor text is about my particular alien, you know, race or why yeah, I'm splicing, yeah. you know, other alien races with my DNA. Yeah. I'll say that I, I did feel a strong connection to my building up my aliens, right? I felt a strong connection to like, I'm splicing on and how do I want to grow? And do I want to be a claw alien and attack mm -hmm. things? Do I want to be tentacles and get lots of resources? So I feel like building up my aliens, to me, I liked that. I, but the actual the tiles station, and the station, the station didn't matter as much to me. It was just ways to score points. I disagree it, with you about the building up the yeah, aliens. Because for me, it was just a mad grab for whatever components were still left. You know, yes. oh, there's yes. no, there's they no love more. Ran out quickly. There's no more food. There's mm -hmm. no more claws. Okay, well, I guess I just have to take a tentacle now. Yeah, yeah. four-player game that actually became an issue because we played it at three and we played it four. And I will say at four, it became an issue pretty quickly. But it was yeah. an issue in three as well. Same. Piece. It was an issue in three, but I think it didn't come up till late enough in the game that it was okay. Whereas in four, it came up much sooner. I, it came up very early in I, four. I, it came up very early, I think, in three too, because Kevin, you were the the green race with the food. And I think very early I on, I took most of the green. Yeah, I, like, I was. Mm -hmm. I wanted a green one. I was like, I'm finally got a green. Oh, look, that space! I can finally well, go there and get a green the one. Problem is compounded because one of the abilities of the the tentacles, the double tentacle power, is that when you get new components, they call them the pieces you add on, you get extra ones. And oh, yeah. so, oh, by the time you build up to it, ways, yeah. there, there might not be any components left. Which yeah. which seems to wholly negate that you know alien's power. Mm -hmm. Which again goes back to my view that the races really aren't balanced. You know the, the 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 playable races because if you can have a character whose power is just completely negated because of a lack of kind of resources in the game, you know the other three players can quickly just neutralize. That, that character very early yeah. on. That doesn't seem balanced. Well, for me... It doesn't seem fun. For me, the game is called Chimera Station, and the station should have been the most fun part about, of it. Like, the, the, putting, these, putting these guys together is like the cool conceit that drags you mm -hmm. in, but we should have been talking about how, oh, it's the western side of the station. This is where all the food is. Or, oh, like, oh, I have, like, control of the western. Or, like, I, you know me, I'm like the guy who always loves going up to the north where, like, the, mm -hmm. where we have the couches. Or, like, it should have been the launch pad, no pun intended, for so much storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like we should, every time we put something down, it should be like, well, I'm gonna put down a vineyard. Cause I like, I think there should be some more greenery here in this in this uh, space station. And there was just none of well, that. Well, I mean, to your point, Ben, the first time I ever played this, I, if you had asked me afterwards, were, was there, were there names on the um, different hexes? I would have said no. Yeah. I don't think I ever read any of the names the first time I played. Cause I was still learning it and you know, mm -hmm. seeing what they did, but we focused so much on what the power was yeah. and the placement didn't matter. It had no, like there was no storytelling that we were finding yeah. in it that I actually didn't realize at first and that they were named. And that storytelling is so important, Kevin, because um, 
if I may now make a comparison to Suburbia's cousin, <laughs> the, palace, I mean, the, ca the Castles of Mad King Ludwig, which is a fun game. The gameplay has some interesting stuff, whatever. Um, the graphically it doesn't even look that good, but I've had so much fun playing it uh, because you sit there and talk about like I have an abundance of gardens. I'm like the mm -hmm. I'm like I have a kitchen that's attached to the the garden, and then there's a staircase that goes to nowhere. And you're joking with your friends. And the takeaway from every time I played that game, and even Suburbia, is not like wow, what a great strategic experience I just had. It's like, that was so fun telling those doors. Taking this back to kind of a point we discussed earlier, I think part of the reason why there's a lack of theme or the theme doesn't come out as strong as it does is because you can't, you can't just look across the table and clearly see what is laid out in the space station. Mm -hmm. From sitting across the table, you can't see the titles. You, the, the art is just kind of a muddy mesh of colors because the tiles are so small. You really can't even read the character powers without having to lean over, which then just makes you heighten your focus even more on the character powers. Mm -hmm. So I think, unfortunately, the, the graphic design here really did a disservice to emphasizing the theme. I think it, 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 it de-emphasizes the theme. Well, and to your point, Larry, I think there's also that competition with what you're covering up gives you a power as well, where you put the spot. And so again, you're incentivized to put it down on a spot that mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the story of the building of this exactly. station. Exactly. Yeah. And it was arbitrary with the bonuses that you get. I wouldn't have been fun if there were some sort of bonuses or, or goals that pertain to the act of building the station, like the first person to build um, a set of, of three like bedrooms together then gets this thing. So that way you, as a good worker, are getting mm -hmm. points from the game for being like really benefiting the space yeah. station. And then the, there was a lack of the th in the theme too. It's like, who who's in charge of this station, right? We're all working together, but you know, we're not, we're sort of just building random things wherever we want them. Yeah. There's no reason to build anything anywhere particular. So it, it didn't seem, it didn't seem like we were really actually building this station together. So I think we, we've talked about, you know, uh, this game quite a bit. I, I'm curious to know, Kevin, would you, would you add that having played it now a couple times, would you add this game to your collection? You know, it's funny, when I first played it, I was so charmed by those figures and the snapping on and off and the lovely logo yeah. um, that <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have said yes. After repeated playing, I, I need the theme to be there. I like to Ben's point, I need the promise of Chimera Station to be there and the plastic pieces aren't enough. I think it's a nice mid-level game that I wouldn't be opposed to pulling out to play with some people, but I don't think I'll be the one who owns it. How about you, Matt? Would you add this to your collection? So I don't add a whole lot of anything to my collection, but uh, I, I would say overall, I like this game. I, I do like it. Uh, I think that I love the Chimera part, not so hot on the station part. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. think that's my takeaway, uh, you know, which is, you know, it's the same feedback I gave Mark when I play tested it the first time is that I thought that the powers on the, on the tiles and, and the ability for comboing things together uh, was a little bit swingy and not particularly thematic to me. Uh, so I think it lost points in that department. Uh, I'd love to play it again, you know. I I'm not jumping it to play it right away, but I'll definitely play this one again in the future and I enjoy it. Uh, I would probably not pick it up. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I, I would not add this to my collection. Um, I have interesting conceit. I think the idea of making these customizable Chimeras as for your worker placement is really cool, but I think that there's sort of a pedestrian game that's built around it. And I think that, um, you know, I don't, 
I'm the sort of gamer where I don't need there to be an amazing theme by any means for me to want to include something in a game. But if the game, if the gameplay is not really interesting enough, then give me a strong theme so I can do some storytelling. And that way, like the experience, the gameplay mm -hmm. experience with the other friends is, is fun. But if you're not going to give me some interesting strategic choices and it's just going to be like, where can I find points? And then you have, you know, you have systems in here that I've seen done more interestingly, interestingly or more effectively in other games. Then you know, for if I want a custom meeple situation, I'm gonna play Railroad Revolution. If I if I want a cool tiling situation, I'm gonna play Suburbia or Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I think it's cool ideas that just didn't really come together for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think for me, I probably agree with all of you. I mean, it's already in my collection. I, I you know, I, I know. Well, I, you know, and I'm a collector, so so I probably would have gotten it anyway, just because of the uniqueness in terms of the components and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I expect I'll end up putting it in storage and it probably will never get played or rarely make it out to the table. I think it's a game that I would have just because I like the uniqueness of the components, but not because of the gameplay. I think it's got a lot of other flaws. So I'm deep, deep into the closet. Yes, deep, deep yes. into the closet. I would say this, the one big thing about it is it should be played by people all at the same level. Yes. Yeah. And I actually, all I think new it, players or all experienced players. I think players. it could be a really fun and, and like tense, exciting experience if you have players who are all experienced at the game, they know yeah. what they're doing, they know all the different combos, uh, but I think that's not, you know, yeah. It's so hard Most to games find. are like that, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, and so really yeah. needing that to be right in order for the game to play well and be fun mm -hmm. uh, is, is a knock against it. Yeah, yeah, I just, I think it's, it seems to promise a certain sort of experience that it doesn't quite deliver on, ultimately. So even, yes, that's, you're probably true, but getting to that point might not be worth it. And so this was only a Kickstarter, correct? 2017 I, Kickstarter, uh, or the, is it in stores now? The Kickstarter launched in 2016. They delivered in 2017. I believe it's now available in stores. Okay. Um, so folks, if, if they're at all interested, can certainly go out and buy it and take a look at least at the components and whatnot. So uh, I think that brings this discussion topic to a close, but we have another item on our, uh, our, our agenda here today. Down the list. Down wow. the list, that's exactly Check. right. Check. Check, check. <laughs> uh, since we're talking about Kickstarters with Chimera Station, I figure uh, I'd like to stay on the, the, the subject, Let's stay on the topic. Why not, Larry? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I want to know, what is it that you guys, first of all, do you guys back things on Kickstarter? And if so, what is it that you look for when deciding whether to back a project on Kickstarter? So I believe I'm a super backer. Wait, what's the first one? No, <laughs> just to be modest. No, I'm just saying the first level. Ultra backer. No, no, no. Super I'm backers. not on Larry's level. Super backers. So super I'm backer is the first. Wait, yes. there's something beyond super there's backer. Just super backer. There's just super backer. There's just super backer. If there's a beyond Larry, is that beyond? But for backer. me, I am a super backer, which means, and it has been primarily. Um, Board games. For reference, Superbackers have backed, I think it's over 100, 100 projects. Yeah, 100. Yeah. Wow. So it's not that many. Um, so 100 <laughs> projects, which I would say 90 to 95% of those have been board games. There's only been a few other little things, some theater stuff. Uh, so I have used Kickstarter a lot, especially in the last probably two years, I would say. Um, for me, I get gravitated towards what I think is going to be a good game experience. How do you decide that though? And what I mean by that is I'm not necessarily entranced by um, the the components per se, because I know some people get really mm -hmm. excited by 
minis and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Which That's the number one thing. I love minis. They're minis, great. Minis, minis, minis. But I'd rather pay for some really thoughtful gameplay yeah. that I think is maybe a little new and innovative and different. Because, again, like as we were just discussing here, a lot of these games are similar. Mm -hmm. So what's going to be the reason why I'm going to want to take this new game that I've just kickstarted and going to wait a year for? What's going to make it so exciting that when it gets there, I'm going to want to put it on the table? Yeah. So I just actually had gotten something recently, Island Hopper. And the main reason I backed it because it had a different way of playing with like kind of competitive, cooperative like use of things that I thought was just interesting and different. Um, is it, you know, the top game everybody's talking about? Maybe not, but for me, it was different than the 10 other things that everybody's backing on Kickstarter because they have minis. I actually really respect that about, about how Kevin backs games. Uh, you know, it's that, yeah, he, he, he'll bring home his Kickstarter games and I'm like, I've never seen yes. or heard of these games before. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, but it's great because that's what Kickstarter's need. Because that's, that's what, what Kickstarter really need. is about. You know, it's like, you know, Seventh Continent doesn't need their 15,000th backer, you know? Like, yeah. But these smaller oh, games, all. you know, it, it's... Which and I a lot didn't of times, that. Maybe I should A lot have. of times you can discover, you know, Kevin's brought a lot of games where I've tried them and and I've and like what was that one the, the word the word domination yes or I really like that so? word domination it was sort mm -hmm. of like this area control word building game yeah but wow. what uh, super different what is it though that catches your attention okay. on the Kickstarter there, page there right? are there is um, a professionalism or a level of professionalism so that important. I do look for because yeah. one I want to make there. sure I want to make sure they're going to give it to me mm -hmm. like because there is the chance of like these things falling apart and you never getting a game. Have you had a mm -hmm. game actually not deliver? Well, I mean, I still have outstanding games, but none of them are so late that I'm worried, I would say. That's pretty um, good, considering yeah. over 100. Yeah, I, I would say most of them have made it, and most of them have either early delivered even, in some cases. But I would say that you go to the page, you want to feel like these people are creatives that have a business sense. They need to have both. And yeah. so the look of the page, from the video, whatever they have, to like images, to how they show stretch goals. All of that thinking has to be there up front for me or else I get a little nervous yeah. about what they're doing. That's so interesting. For me, that matters not as much. It matters, yeah. but not as much. For me, I want to see the prototype. I want to see what mm. the game is going to look like when it's in a pretty final form. Yes, I, I agree. I want to see what the gameplay is like. Mm -hmm. I never watch the intro video where they kind of say, Support me. I'm a good guy, and I make uh, games. I don't care about that. I don't think they do they that much do that anymore. anymore. That's why. I, I haven't seen one of those in a while. Style. Mm -hmm. It's definitely out of style. For me, I want to see either them or kind of any of the other reviewers kind of do a actual playthrough of the game, so yeah. I can see what it's like. I've had games where I've backed and I've got the components and whatever, and I've really been unsatisfied with the components. Mm -hmm. And and for me. Part of board games is the is the art. It's the tactile sensation. It's the you know the feeling of of collectability. And so like I backed Island Hoppers and 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 I I think it's Scott Ames who did it. I, I could be wrong about that. Maybe. Um, I, I wasn't I, in, in seeing the the web page. I liked the art. I liked the game, etc. When I, when it finally delivered, I wasn't as happy with it as I as I would have hoped. Mm. Having said that, though, I, I probably will back another game from him mm -hmm. be, because. He delivered on time. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he, it's different. He was, There's he, something weird and different it about different. it. Even if the components, I get it too. I, I want the nicest components, mm -hmm. but also knowing the other side of manufacturing, I'm like, Ugh, it's yeah. expensive, and sometimes they have to give or take. Or, by the way, often they ask for something, and what's delivered from a factory is not what they asked mm -hmm. for, but it's too late. Yeah. So I yeah. do give. I give a little bit of forgiveness there, which maybe more people wouldn't do. Um, I just I want the creativity. You you've had that experience, you know, in your professional life. Yeah, working with manufacturers, and you know, best of intentions. All of a sudden, costs come in. They change. There's a strike. There's oil uh -huh. prices. There's oh, how it delivers at the dock. Yeah, whatever it could do oh, that God. changes all of that. For I mean, you. China. I'm just you know <laughs> I'm I'm getting ready to to go into production on the Kings Guild, my game, and. You know, the quotes I got from manufacturers within six, over six months from before the Kickstarter to after the Kickstarter, uh, the price of paper mm -hmm. in China went up about 20%. Yeah, wow. So that, that happened across know, the board, by obviously the way. Obviously, the, yes. the price of the game's not changing to the Kickstarter backers. So, yeah. you know, now it's on me to figure out how to handle that and, and, and to, to deal with it. So it's interesting how these, these a lot of unexpected things can come up. Yeah. Uh, but part of it is planning ahead. Uh, so that you can meet those goals. Well, that's why I look forward to professional mm -hmm. like presentation because I'm hoping they're more exactly. prepared for that than yeah. not. Do you do any research into uh, past delivery schedule to see if they've been on time with prior Not necessarily delivery schedule, but just have they had successful ones and do you see complaints about it in general? Not mm -hmm. necessarily when they deliver, because I'll give them some extra time. It's really like, were people somewhat satisfied? Have they completed something before? Do they have a little bit of style to them? I'm, I'm oh, also gosh. like, um, what was the uh, Endangered Orphans of uh, uh -huh. Connelly Cove? Uh, yes. They had yes. such amazing mm -hmm. responses. I usually hate all the emails that are Sent, yeah. giving you updates. Theirs were so funny and so clever. I would back something from them just based on wow. their personality. Yeah. I mean, I think that I TMG. I mean, uh, so I am not a big Kickstarter. I'm not a super kicker. I'm like a. Yeah. I'm, a like, I'm like a. I'm like a like an occasional kicker. But um, uh, I think that um, TMG, however, that has established itself. I feel like it's a pretty reliable. Um, company for when they put something on Kickstarter, it like it's like very smooth. Yeah, it's and part of their business model now. I think yeah. is they they primarily release their games first through Kickstarter. But, yeah. Not always, but I think primarily. Yeah, I but you know, it's interesting. Companies do it now. Yeah, it's I I have um, a game that should be arriving sometime soon. I did a late pledge for Dinosaur Island, and one of the issues that they're having. Yeah, Kevin, for those of you who can't see, which is everyone listening to this podcast, Kevin just. <laughs> Perked up like a flower being reached by the sun. <laughs> the brontosaurus neck. I got yes. What is... Yeah. Uh, so, but this game is... Uh, they had to do some crazy thing um, where essentially they had to air freight a whole bunch of games out of China or whatever because there was some issue with something in a port and a ship and a, this shipping company I think went out of business or who knows what. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think part of the issue was that Gloomhaven was fulfilling its things, and <laughs> basically Gloomhaven like, was like, <laughs> out of my way, I'm taking over all the shipping. That's the other thing. Like, <laughs> so, or there's like these, the, or, or something like, there, there are, there's some different distribution channels, like some are being distributed by Fun Again Games, some by this place, and Fun Again Games just got all their Gloomhavens, and so they're like, well, we gotta take out the Gloomhaven, and then we'll get to Dinosaur Island, and so people are like, where's my Dinosaur Island? Yeah. So there's like a whole lot of chaos that happens, and so Sometimes I'm like, you know what? That's a lot of chaos for me. I may stay as a light kicker, but um, <laughs> but I um, it's funny. I think since I don't kickstart things a lot, I, I have not really um, honed in on like what it is I look for necessarily. I, I think for me, 
it's usually if I see like a playthrough video on BoardGameGeek, if I stumble upon it, like Orado does something, mm -hmm. and he does a lot of Kickstarter previews, mm -hmm. and I'll be like, that looks good. Like that gameplay looks good. I want that. Like I, I then I'll go to Kickstarter, and then somehow this, um, I will get. I'm I'm like a really good person to play mind games with. Like if you if, if I get the sense that like if I don't kickstart this, I may never get to play this game because it may be only in Kickstarter. I'm like I think I may have to kickstart this. You know what's good though for that is um, there's a web page, totally un uh, what's the word unprompted plug. Mm -hmm. uh, the game steward, I think it's the game steward, who has a Kickstarter product from, from successful Kickstarters that you can't get anymore. Mm -hmm. oh. And so you can go to his or her, I don't know, game uh, webpage and um, mm -hmm. get yeah. stuff that, Kickstarter stuff that So they basically buy Kickstarter stuff. Yeah. They buy extras. In order and then, to be able to sell it. And have it like a retail. There's, there's a little bit of a markup on it, but for some, but yeah. not as much as if you were to try and buy it on, say, eBay or, or BoardGameGeek. Yeah. I, think I, I think I basically full on just fall for hype, I think. You know, and I don't do it a lot. You know, uh, but like I kickstarted, uh, I backed the new Brass that's coming out, and that's like a train game, I didn't it? even know that that was on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Brass, it was like a huge. I wasn't even, you know, uh, I don't think I was even gonna get it. I think it was you, Larry, who was like, "So then you're gonna back that?" And I was like, "No, of course not." And then I was like, "Maybe I should." Oh, Is that a train game? game? Yes, it's a train game. Oh. Yeah, it's a train game, but it's also like a top twenty-five game on Board Game Geek. Um, I also kickstarted this random game called Crimson Creek, and um, it was like a social deduction thing that looks super cool, like a like a eighties horror theme thing that Rada did a run through. I was like, this looks awesome. I backed it, and I'll be like, it'll beat you in six months. And then like it was a year later, and they were so they did not communicate with anyone they were awful mm. finally this like package shows up in this beat up little box and after like months of me like waiting like when is this thing gonna come it finally arrived and i was so annoyed by the whole process and it only cost me twenty dollars but i was so annoyed that i actually still to this day i haven't played it almost out of spite how late that? was it it must have been like nine months to a year late oh. it, was, it but, took forever not, I, the irony is, is is that's not all that unusual for yeah, guys to be that yeah, it's probably that's later than norm thing. but yeah. that's not like it's not dramatically out of the realm exactly no I, I know but that was my first time having to encounter mm -hmm. that and I was like I don't want to do this again well, did you do any research though into had these people done a game before had they delivered on time oh uh, no absolutely not your due diligence. I was just like, Larry, you've asked that question now to both Ben and myself. What do you do as a super super backer? I do look and see. Like I have kind of, I've backed enough stuff now to kind of have a sense of people who have put games up before, when they tend to deliver, do they tend to deliver late? You know, what kind of quality do they tend to deliver with? There are new people and I back you know, games of first-time designers and all that stuff sure. as well. But I have a different expectation with those games. Um, and it has to be, kind of like you say, a lot of the the components have to already kind of look f professionally finalized. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's not kind of like a mock-up in, you know, Photoshop that they're putting up here. It, yeah. It's, it's right. stuff that I feel like, okay, if they sent this to a printer right now, I'd be comfortable with this quality. Yeah. I so. think also, actually... Um, one thing for me, one of the reasons why I backed Yokohama and did a late mm. pledge for Dinosaur Island um, was actually components in those cases. Yokohama was beautiful. Yeah, I was like, Yokohama, really? like, well, from what we talked about earlier, it was just like, I want to make sure I get like those 3D pieces. Oh, otherwise, that. it's yeah. too much. So and, for, and for Dinosaur Island, um, 
they're gonna have little, they're gonna have dino meeples, and I kind of was like, you know what? If I'm gonna get a dinosaur game, I want dinosaurs. I, I will say, TMG, I will back pretty much any of their games. I I have yet to be unhappy with the quality of the yeah. the components, and you know, some, they don't always deliver quite on time. But you know, their customer service, their responsiveness, their communication has always been fantastic. Did you back downfall? Um, yep. Mm-hmm. So Ben mentioned something that I think is an interesting thing to talk about, which is Kickstarter exclusives mm -hmm. and whether you guys are more likely to back a game because it has exclusive content and what you think about them. It depends on the content. Yeah. Um, what do you like, Ben? So I, 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 it's so torn. I'm so torn on this. I go back and <sighs> forth. Like the cool mini or not kind of uh, notion of I'm going to have basically another 80% of the game comes as an Kickstarter exclusive. I do, I, <laughs> That's not cool. I don't like it. I, I don't like that. That said, it's forced me to, you know, oh, to kickstart the stuff. Truth comes out. So, so I don't, I'm rolling for everybody who's listening. I'm rolling my eyes so hard at Larry right now. Look, I don't, I don't like because it. Because as a Kickstarter creator, I don't want to do exclusives because I think they're dumb and I think they're horrible and yeah. I think they're well, basically a, a form of manipulation. They are. Um, no, they are. And like, they, they work so but they well. Work. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They work. But, but having said that, though, Stonemaier Games refuses to do that, right? Right. And, and his Kickstarters are just as successful, if not more so, than many of the, the cool Minier Nut uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kickstarters. I like it as the look of... I always, for some reason in my head, picture Kickstarter like it was originally intended, even though I know it's not that quite mm -hmm. anymore which is everybody who's kickstarting it is helping this come to life mm -hmm. and the assumption is we're just the people who are most interested right now to make sure it happens and then that same thing will be then available at retail to everybody like that's mm -hmm. my assumption yeah. Yeah. the fact that there are sometimes really cool extra things that aren't available later does make me worried when I miss because I, I miss stuff on Kickstarter I'm not on it all the time to pay attention but it's also I, I don't know I just feel like there's a sense of it, I don't know, it's it's not the purpose of what Kickstarter was started for, but if you offer it, like saying Metal Coins is an extra add-on buy, it mm -hmm. won't come with the game normally, but like you buy it extra, like offering some things that you're, because yes. you're shopping through Kickstarter, I get, I, I just like, don't want it to be part I, of it. I don't know, because I I, I get that, and, and I, like I said, I'm torn, I go back and forth on it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I part of me doesn't like these super rare exclusives that you can only get if you backed on Kickstarter. But at the same time, I understand why folks want them because they feel like, look, I'm taking the risk. I'm investing in you. I, you know, this game, if it's successful, is going to be available to everybody at retail anyway. So I should get kind of some extra recognition in either some sort of promo card, some sort of kind of uh, exclusive mm -hmm. deluxe kind of piece to mm -hmm. denote that that I was part of this elite club who who who, yes. who supported it before it was popular, sort of thing. Yes, that's weird because I don't feel it when I when I look for those unique pieces. It's not to be for me. It's not. Sorry, I just tap my microphone. Sorry, listeners. It's not to. It's not to be like I want, you know, some sort of like some, sort of like a thank you for supporting it. It's me. It's like. Is this going to add something really cool to the gameplay? Like, is this, and or like weird, stupid things? I backed Fields of Green, which is like the farm version of Among the Stars, right? Oh, and, really? Oh, I love Among the Stars. Oh yeah, Fields of Green. I didn't, really didn't hear about that. Oh, we should play it. It's super oh my fun. God, yes. Um, and like one of the stupid trash goals thing was like, 
uh, you, there's like a burlap bag that you draw pieces out of as opposed oh, to a normal one. Love so, that. I'm just like, it's, cause it's like modern farming. It's not like, it's not like mm -hmm. medieval farming. It's like it's cart with tractors. Yeah, like, like, like stuff like that. Fun. Stuff like that. I, I, I don't think is what maybe is, is, is I, 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 what drew me I like that stuff. That stuff is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What for me, I think when, what Matt is kind of driving like at game, is like, like game mechanics, expansions, content, promo cards. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff. Oh, that's promo kind cards. Of, I do see, not like. I like unlocking those things, but my expectation is always that it will then also be available to all. To yeah. This is the early mm -hmm. group helping unlock stuff. I would love it if people then considered the fact that they were just being supportive of the board game industry and not so much of like, right. I'm owed something. Yeah. With that being said, I don't begrudge them getting something special either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they are putting a little bit of risk by going for, I mean, not that much risk because you don't get charged if it doesn't go ahead. So you're- Well, you get charged if it if it goes forward, yeah. but they, it's no guarantee that it's still going to get delivered sort of thing. Oh, well, no, you can sue now. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> I, I I will say though with the promo cards or the expansions or all that stuff, for me when I see that there's always this kind of thing in the back of my mind that says, well look if that's a stretch goal, why didn't you just include this in the base game and yeah. just raise the threshold for funding? Well, and also promo cards uh, and and a lot of times they're like unbalanced and they're out of whack. I mean, how many times have you been playing a game and like, this game isn't playing right? Like, oh, there's a promo card in there. Like, <laughs> every single time. Every so time. I agree. It but often happens. But I'm a completionist. I have to have it all. It's true. It's fine. Larry, no, I get it. But I'm saying they should be putting out, they should be putting out crap <laughs> cards. It's not your fault. Um, but I but think, I get it. it's funny because for the King's Guild, I, I've been plan I had been planning to do a six, six players as a stretch goal. You know, and and so it, I put it up there, and there was this this one guy kept commenting like, "This is gonna ruin the game! I can't believe you're adding content this late in the game!" And I'm like, "Don't worry, I have already play tested this. We've been working. Yeah. I've been planning on six players the whole time." And yeah. he keeps every time I add the update, I put like the art up for like the new character, and he's like, "Why are you adding new characters? Who knows what's gonna happen with the balance of this game?" And I'm like, "Don't worry." <laughs> Goes to the professionals, <laughs> you know, professionals. <laughs> already know what they could do, it's just if they have the money right. or not. To me, that's all Kickstarter is, is like, are, do they have the money to do what mm -hmm. they've already planned? Yeah. yeah, and honestly, let's not overlook the fact that sometimes you just want your game as soon as possible, and you don't want to wait for it to get to retail. So you you see the video, you see the gameplay, everything lines up, you're like, well, I but, want this mm, and I want it now. That's a whole other topic, though, because <laughs> all too often I have seen people backstab and I have been in this boat where I back stuff on Kickstarter and it's available in retail before it gets delivered to the oh, Kickstarter that's backers. unacceptable. It's awful. It's, it drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, and part of it is, is because they take it to Essen and then they sell it, you know, there in mm -hmm. Essen to people who weren't Kickstarter backers get it. It's like a limited small, convention, nope. limited. You nope. don't even like that. Don't even that like that. You. No, that bothers me. Oh, that doesn't bother I, me. I do not mm -hmm. want to be reading posts about people who have played this game, who yes. have done all this stuff. That's fair. When I backed it, you know, a year ago and still don't have it yeah. yet. That I, I don't care if it's mm -hmm. an Essen and it's only a limited group, whatever. No, it's not mm -hmm. cool to me. Yeah, oh well, mm. she's so mad. I, you better <laughs> leave go. Touched a nerve. Touched her collection. We better stop now before I start, yeah. you know, getting really <laughs> angry. I take off my wow. earrings and kind of, you know. Oh my goodness, sounds like Larry himself has been kickstarted. So it's a rage. Let's bring this discussion topic to a close and check it off our agenda. Yeah, well, we certainly got through that game agenda. Um, you guys, thank you so much, listeners, for tuning into this episode. Uh, once again, I'm Ben. 
Matt here. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. Um, and this has been the Game Agenda. Be sure to subscribe to us on whichever platform you like, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, or I think you can get uh, podcasts on Spotify now and mm -hmm. iHeartRadio and anywhere. Anywhere you have access to podcasts, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment, all that good stuff. SoundCloud, just, just have fun. Support the podcast. Listen, have a ball. And we'll be back next time to talk more games and all that good stuff. So, and, and follow us on social media. Yes, oh my both goodness. Instagram and Facebook. We're The Game Agenda. And maybe if you guys are nice, we'll put up pictures of our collections on the Instagram. But only if you're super nice. <laughs> super nice. So thanks, guys. Talk to you next week or next time, whenever. Bye. 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 Bye.